Segregation, determination, demonstration, integration, aggravation, humiliation, obligation to our Hello and welcome to episode 122 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. It's been a rough week. How are you guys? It's been, uh, hasn't been the greatest week exactly, but I'm doing okay myself, but it's been a very disappointing and frustrating week while uh, watching this baseball team play. That's for sure. They lost four in a row since the last time we talked. They're now on a six-game losing streak. Um, they've lost four blown games in a row, um, or excuse me, five blown games in a row going back to the final game of the Red Sox series. Nine to seven extra innings loss on Friday, three to one loss on Saturday. Sunday, they walk three with the bases loaded to lose six to four in the ninth inning. And then Monday, of course, yesterday, 14 to eight loss in 11 innings. It's been pretty brutal. How are you, Jacob? Well, considering that uh, the team is losing, I'm also not doing well. It, I guess it could be worse. Uh, maybe if I want to be a little bit optimistic, but uh, no, it's, it's a, it's a rough, uh, rough time for Blue Jays fans right now, myself included. At least no one's getting injured now. I, I guess that's how it could be worse. I mean, the team is staying at the same level of health as they have been. It's just they aren't scoring and they aren't keeping the lead. And, anyways, um, just a fair warning to everyone listening: we're recording this podcast at eight a.m. So if we say anything that doesn't totally make sense, we'll blame it on that. We don't normally record this early. Um, I In life, I like to start with the bad news and go to the good news. But everyone's just talking about the good news this week, so we'll start with it. Alec Manoa, um, this is, I guess, officially our last segment of Alec Manoa Watch. Alec Manoa. The Blue Jays have called him up from AAA. He'll be making his Major League debut in a start tomorrow, Wednesday, um, against the New York Yankees. I was blown away by this. I did not expect him up this early. Going back to the start of the season, going back to spring training, didn't expect him. But even you know, four days ago when we last recorded, I said he wouldn't be up until July. So clearly, I was wrong on that. Bryson was the closest with his updated guess because he said June 1st. I don't know if we count that as winning because Jacob was the we closest at first. Well, of course you're going to count it. Jacob was the closest at first. I don't know. We can let people listening decide, but either way, I lose. That's the brunt of it. And so what are your guys' thoughts on calling Manoa up? I'm shocked. I did not expect this. Well, I was shocked too. I think, I believe it, the first tweet that I saw was from Ken Rosen, Rosenthal, and it was just kind of a random Blue Jays are calling up Alec Manoa, and I almost... Uh, I was with my family and I accidentally blurted out, blurted out a few choice words as it just kind of surprised. And I was like, okay, guys, relax. Like, it's, it's okay. But uh, it, it was fantastic. I think the Blue Jays need pitching. They're getting some pitching and it's exciting. The, it, it had, the news, I think, dropped just before the Leaf game. So that was, you know, a nice transition from the bad loss into the, the good game that I was expecting. But yeah, I'm excited to see Alec Manoa. I've been excited since we've started this and really since spring training we've really seen him come into his own 
and especially considering he faced the 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 opening day lineup really for the New York Yankees and that's who he'll be facing uh, tomorrow that's even more exciting considering he's seen this li- lineup and I think that this could be a very interesting debut I do also want to kind of settle or, or manage my expectations because immediately I thought wow what if he gets a, a no hitter in his debut I know that's not happening but it's uh, it's going to be exciting and this is you know just another one of those top prospects that's coming up and I think Blue Jays fans are kind of uh, spoiled with all these prospects that have been coming up the last couple of years but yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic time and let's hope he he can really prove that he's a staple in this rotation yeah I'm I'm not shocked at all because I had a feeling this was going to happen now however I will admit I was never going to go before June but the fact that he is up before June, I'm not surprised whatsoever. I'm not. Uh, I just had the feeling that all signs are pointing to this. Each um, each time he kept pitching, it kept it just kept feeling like um, the chances of him coming up were going to increase. And a lot of people too are wondering: was it really smart to maybe, or I guess potentially, start him against New York? A lot of people were making that, um, or pr- pretty much bringing that up and saying how it's probably not a good idea. And then then, uh, after the Jays are in New York, I believe they go right to Cleveland. So a lot of people were targeting that one of those dates in Cleveland, which is why I centered my prediction around June 1. But the fact of the matter is it's it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's a mixture of obviously his performance. We can't take anything away from that. Mark, you saw him firsthand. A 0.5 ERA and three starts with AAA. That's pretty uh, spectacular, and you know that's that's hard to keep down in the minor leagues. It really is when you look at it. So the the fact that the Jays were tempted, when you look at this, you understand why. I understand why. A lot of people still don't. You know, a lot of people are making the argument that the fact that we're relying on these prospects to help our pitching depth is kind of concerning. And I, I mean, when you look at it, it's a little bit of a risk, obviously, due to the fact that there's no MLB experience still. Manoa still has not pitched a lot of innings in the minor leagues. Obviously, we know that as well. So that's, I guess, one of the cons of it. A lot of people are bringing that up. But on the other hand, a lot of people are saying how this is a a massive boost for the team. Just the fact of the matter is that he is a better option than someone like Ross Stripling, somebody like Anthony Kay. So I'm one of those people that are all for it because if he's performing like the way he has been in Buffalo or whatever with AAA, I just, I, I don't see how you keep him in the minor leagues for that long. And, you know, regardless too, this pitching after such a great start in terms of the starters and relievers, bullpen ERA, everything like that, the past seven days, uh, it's been a mess to to say it, I guess, in the best way possible. And the best part about this sport is how quickly things can change in a week. You know, the Jays, when you got to look at it now, they're 500. The last time we recorded, Mark, we, we mentioned it right before this four-game series against the Rays. And I don't, know about it, I don't know about you guys, but each time we play the Rays now, I get even more mad at the team because of how difficult they are for this team and how, regardless where they play, <laughs> it could be Toronto, Dunedin, Buffalo, the Trop. They just seem to be giving the Jays a hard time no matter what. So I don't know if you guys agree with that. I just personally keep disliking the Rays even more each time they play each other. But when I want to look at the team ERA itself, the last seven days, the team ERA as a whole has an ERA of five. And for a team that was leading the bull, or bullpen ERA or tied for first for the longest time, I guess throughout the month of April and the early parts of May, uh, that's obviously a little bit concerning. A lot of it could be centered around the bullpen for sure. But the fact of the matter is, is, uh, I think, Jacob, you were saying, too, you were calling it, I think, within the next couple of weeks, I think I was a little bit behind you guys. Mark, I don't remember your prediction for sure, but I think Jacob was the first one to mention that this 
uh, bullpen was eventually going to run out of fumes before we hit the end of the month. And I'm surprised it happened this early. Or maybe I am, but in a way I'm not. Because when you look at this as well, the starters still aren't going deep in games. Um, Anthony Kay, you want to bring him up since he's the one that's now being booted from the rotation for Alec Manoa. He only went four innings a couple days ago in the opening game against Tampa on the Friday. And this bullpen is pitching every single day. There's no... You know, the, the the thing this team needs right now is a complete game. But unfortunately, I don't think they're ever going to get that. Because the only time this bullpen gets an off day is when they actually don't have a game. When they have an off day. And no matter who you are in that bullpen, you're being used every single game. It's like an automatic for all of us. Every You two know for sure. You guys know the best. Everyone else. Every time you're watching this team play, you know that they're going to be going to the bullpen within the 5th or the 6th, at least. And sometimes it's a little bit concerning, and obviously it's been forced in their hand recently. Charlie Montoya's been pretty much forcing out the starting rotation to go deeper into ballgames, and it's not always working out. So where Alec Manoa fits in is that you're going to need Alec Manoa to give you innings. And this is a tough ask for Alec Manoa. You're going to have, you're throwing him right into the fire. You're throwing him right in Yankee Stadium, right against the Yankees, who are red hot right now as well. And the Jays, on the other hand, have been struggling. They're back to 500. They had a horrible weekend, as we know. And for Alec Manoa, obviously, he I don't know how long of a leash he has or an opportunity. I would think it's a, a pretty decent one because you don't obviously make this move now and then send him back down a couple days later. I feel like he's here for at least a little bit. So he's going to have a tough ass to, I guess, make his debut at Yankee Stadium. But hey, he's a better option than what they have so far, and I'm, I'm willing to give him the opportunity to do so. But the fact that this pitching's been lacking the last week is obviously concerning, and the Jays are hoping that this move pans out and kind of steers them back in the right direction, and hopefully it does. Yeah, bringing up Alec Manoa is obviously going to help with the bullpen issues, um, if only for the fact that you're not going to have to rely on someone like Trent Thornton or someone like Ross Stripling for one of the spots, although Ross Stripling was fantastic in yesterday's game, but it's certainly going to help the team. And for people who are saying this is a desperation move, like to some extent it is, but at the same time, like to your point, Bryson, pitching depth is meant for you to call up pitchers and to use it. So if you have this guy in your system that is doing exceedingly well, why not call him up? Why not use him at the major league level? Like people are saying, like, why waste those pitches that he's going to throw this year in AAA? Why waste what he's doing right now in AAA instead of calling him up to the majors, getting what he is worth in the majors? And, and, you know, maybe he's on a, a workload count. You know, he's only thrown 35 professional innings, which is the most remarkable part of this to me, that he's only made like six ma- professional starts before coming to the majors. And yes, he missed a year in 2020. And he had, you know, had a partial season in 2019 and then coming back in 2021. But it's remarkable. And I think the workload thing is going to be the most interesting part of this. Does he have a cap on the amount of innings he can pitch he's at 35 right now for his professional career even less for just this season does he have a cap at 100 does he have a cap at 120 where do you put the the limit on him especially because he hasn't faced this amount of work so far in his career either professionally or in college he's never had to throw this much I'm not entirely sure because I'm thinking, so it is, it's towards the end of May, so there's about four months left in the season. I'm predicting that he will, if he's doing well, I think he might have a shot at staying in the rotation for maybe the rest of the season. Because, like, the thing is, is when we go back to the Nate Pearson thing, I thought he should have stayed in the, in the majors 
coming back from injury, even if he came back a little too early. So with Alec Manoa, if he, I think if he's doing well, then there's absolutely no need to take him out. Or when I say take him out, I mean put him down into the minors, but even more uh, around the major league team. If you want to maybe put him in the bullpen as an opener, I don't totally agree with that. But if you say you want to do that, that's an option. Uh, but for innings specifically, I'm not entirely sure. I think we really, we need to see Alec Manoa. And uh, again, I'll go back to that point. If he is doing well, then I don't see why you take him out. Like if he, yes, he's, he's very, very unproven right now, but if he can prove that, Hey, I can take on the New York Yankees, I can take on, uh, he's not going to start in Cleveland, but if he can take on any of these other opponents that are good opponents, like if he can do that, then I say, let him go until he proves otherwise. And so that's why I think we can kind of come back to that and say, you know what, if he, if he gives the Blue Jays innings and he gives them quality innings, then I say just just roll with it until you, uh, other until otherwise he proves that he can't. Exactly, and another reason why he's coming up, and obviously this is probably for I would say the long haul rather than brief uh, a brief call up, is they could have easily went to somebody else in AAA uh, for like a, a starter or two, or even keep Anthony K. So that's why the Jays are fully committed with this move. And if you were to ask any of us back in, or even, I guess, the front office, because obviously we, you know our answer if you go back, I guess, a month about our chances of him being up this year, we all pretty much said close to 0%. But the front office, I wonder, what I wonder is how much they knew or what the possibility was for them to call up Alec Manoa this year. I mean, obviously for us, we said 0%, like, like what I just mentioned, but for the front office... What were they thinking back in April, right after spring training? That's what I want to know. We'll obviously never find out, but that's something that I'll always kind of look back on and say, you know, what were they thinking? Was this really part of the plan? And it definitely, part of it is, I agree, whoever mentioned it, Mark, you mentioned it from whoever said it, or the people saying it, I do think it's part of desperation move for sure. And when you look at it now, is when you, and Jacob, you brought it up, Nate Pearson. So where Nate Pearson fits is that you could potentially have a rotation, I would say, within the, what, next two to three weeks, I guess, at least, that you have both uh, Alec Manoa and Nate Pearson in there. So Nate Pearson, your organization's number one prospect. And, Alec, well, and uh, Al- Thomas Hatch there, too. I yeah, mean, he's, he's uh, on a rehab assignment. And Alec Manoa, the, uh, the team's fifth prospect, I believe. I think he's five on the uh, pipeline charts for the Jays. So there you go. And, I mean, with the lack of pitching depth, we, we, we brought this up heading into the year. Is that a little bit of a risk or a little bit of a concern for you guys? It's it's a lot to put on these these young prospects for sure. But I know Pearson was supposed to be there to begin with. But even with Alec Manoa, it's exciting. But at the same time, you wonder, you know, this could either go really good and there's a chance this could also go really bad. But, you know, I think the Jays are kind of out of answers at this point internally with their pitching unless they go and explore possibilities within the next couple of months to trade for people. I think that's still inevitable. But right now, I think this is they're kind of running out of options and I think that they got to obviously focus towards these new prospects to be called up and help them because they really are in need of this and obviously Ross Stripling is still slated in the, in the rotation for now I don't know how many more starts he made but of course yesterday he did look really good and you got to give it to him there I think it was it was seven or eight uh, shutout innings or close to that coming out of the bullpen after Trent Thornton opened things up in the first. Now should Ross Stripling have started that game? I'll save that for the Charlie Montoyo talk in a little bit. But either way, Stripling looked good, but I still think we are kind of waiting on Pearson to eventually come back and then Ross Stripling can return to that bulk guy in the bullpen. And that would actually be a big boost for the bullpen because 
obviously he would be a somewhat fresh arm for the bullpen itself, and he can he has obvious he can pitch deep into games. We saw that yesterday. So I feel like at the same time, as much as uh, Stripling is, I I mean, if this continues, if he's going to be pitching better than what he is or what he has been, a move to the bullpen is something that they're definitely going to be favoring to. And that's why Nate Pearson's got to be pitching well fast in AAA so he can come back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to know what the mindset of the Blue Jays was before this season. Because we were saying before this season, if Alec Manoa makes it to the majors before September, the Blue Jays are in a very bad spot. Like, they're only doing it because they have no other options. But here we are in May, and the Blue Jays are calling Alec Mano up. I think it's very different from where we were a couple months ago because he started the season in AAA. None of us expected that because he had had, before this season, I think it was like 17 professional innings. So no one expected him to jump from low A to AAA in the matter of one season without pitching anywhere in between, just at the alternate site. So... That kind of changed the mindset a lot. That makes it less of a surprise that he's here this early, but it's still definitely very, very shocking. Well, Mark, you said it, the only way he comes up is if the Blue Jays are in a bad spot, and they kind of are in a bad spot just a little earlier. In a way, <laughs> no, in but... a way, we are right about that part because mm. we they obviously yeah. are in a pretty rough spot. Right now. <laughs> they're yeah, they're kind of desperate for pitching, uh, but yeah, I'm not really sure. I think the plan was going back to what you guys said. I think the plan was to kind of have him come back, come up eventually, even though we all as fans didn't know. And obviously the, I think the mindset of the, of the uh, management is very different from fans. They obviously know things that we don't. And I think eventually they, I think if he had professional experience in 2020, he would have been up in 2021 for opening day. They just wanted to see if he truly was ready to come up and clearly he is, and now I think that he has a shot to really make a name for himself very early on in his career. Well, I disagree with that. I don't think he would have been up for opening day because service time issues. I think they it's very, that. I think it's oh, very convenient. Yeah. I, I that, was going to mention that, but yeah. that they waited until you know, like whatever the normal day is, April thirtieth, May first, to make sure that the service time doesn't come into effect. Either way, though, in a, in a way, Jacob is right because obviously without that. If that wasn't a thing, he probably like the same thing with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They're on the opening day roster, but yeah, mm-hmm. either way, it, it it does make sense. All right, any final thoughts on Manoa before we turn to the less exciting topic for today? Yes, yes. Uh, quickly, this is going to be hard to do, but give me an idea what pitching line you're expecting from him on Wednesday, including runs, innings. Like, do you think he goes deep? Do you think there's a limit? Like you guys said, give me your prediction for his pitching line Wednesday. We were predicting when he was going to get called up, so why not? Mark, you want to go? Or you well, want Mark's to... thinking, I'll... so yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I don't think he's going deep into the game. I'll say six innings at max. That's deep for the Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, That's well, pretty good. Yeah, relatively that, speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking six innings, six hits, two earned runs, five strikeouts, uh, and a walk. I know it's very specific, but I'm thinking he's gonna he's gonna make a, a pr- pretty decent appearance in his. So you're you're expecting a good, a solid debut. I, well, yeah. I well, was like he say, faced this Yankees lineup too. Yeah. What's Mark thinking? I, I was gonna say six innings, two earned runs, but now Jacob said that, so <laughs> I can't. Okay, that. I'll say. I mean, I <laughs> I'll still say six innings though, because that's kind of what he's hovered around in AAA. I'll bump it down to one earned run, just to be a little bit more cheerful, and then I guess in terms of hit, I'll go with five hits. One walk, 
I'll say 10 strikeouts. Okay. Yeah, see, I was thinking six innings too. We're all kind of thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> and I think that's right. One or I'm going to, you know, you're not obviously going to predict him to get lit up, but one or two runs, maybe I'm going to say he's probably going to be a little bit nervous. So I wouldn't be surprised if he walks maybe two or three. And I do think he'll strike out at least seven to 10. I'm expecting a high strikeout um, rate from him as well. So it'll be exciting. But uh, yeah, too bad this short lived. Alec Manoa segment we had going on is already uh, coming to a close. I think a lot earlier than we all anticipated, yeah. though. <laughs> Sadly, my uh, the theme music will no longer be able to use. We'll have to come One more up with time. another segment. Yeah. Um, okay, so I we got to talk about this weekend. We already kind of did. It was probably, I hope, fingers crossed, the worst this season is ever going to get. It's certainly the worst. I think we've seen of the Blue Jays over the last two years, 2020, 2021. You know, you have that six-game losing streak at the end of last season, but it's nowhere near as brutal as this streak has been. Being ahead in games, being tied in games, fighting your way back into games, and then just blowing it all the same in the last few innings out of the bullpen. Um, And not taking advantage of some chances on the base paths and extra innings. It's been really, really rough. Um, I... And I, I feel like I have a very different opinion on this than a lot of Blue Jay fans do. I A lot of people are incredibly frustrated, which I am. It's horrible to watch. But I'm not panicking. I'm not overly concerned about this team. I know this team is better than this. You know, five days ago, we were talking about this team taking the lead in the AL East. This is still the t- same team it was five days ago. It's just five days later, we've seen some of the cracks in the bullpen. Yes, they're not the perfect team we may have envisioned them being five days ago, but they're still a pretty good team. They are still the same team they were five days ago. Um, And every team goes through rough patches. Like I said, last year, the Blue Jays lost six, six games in a row in September, and they still managed to fight their way back to a playoff spot. Earlier this year, the Los Angeles Dodgers lost 11 of 14 games. Also earlier this year, the Yankees had one of the worst starts in franchise history. They went 5-10, and ten, including a five-game losing streak. Good teams struggle. Good teams go through rough patches, and that's what the Blue Jays are in right now. Am I concerned about the bullpen? Yes. Do I think the bullpen has its weaknesses and the rotation has its weaknesses and improvements have to be made? Yes. That's what Alec Manoa is for. That's what the trade deadline is for, getting a starter. But at the same time, I know this team is good. It's not time to jump ship. I've seen a lot of fans frustrated and saying this team is never going to be above 500. Fire Montoyo, fire Atkins, fire Shapiro. No, this team is a good team. They're the same team they were five days ago. They still have all the same guys. It's just they're a little bit worn down. That's going to change. So that's where I stand on this. I do have more thoughts, but I'll let you guys get your thoughts in first. Well, first of all, the people that think that the the Shapiro and Atkins regime should be fired, I don't know where the heck your brains are at right now. Those two have been working on this team since they came over, and I will defend them until they leave because they've been fantastic. And I'm not going to open that can of worms because I'll get too heated. But anyways, when you look at the Rays series, all four of these games were winnable games. The uh, Obviously, 9-7 to loss, 3-1 to loss, a 6-4 to loss, and a 14-8 to loss. So... Not good results, but there were, obviously, the Blue Jays, except for the second game, they scored quite a few runs in every single game, so that's a good thing that you can look at. Yes, the bullpen is starting to collapse, but there are still, I think, 
reasons to be optimistic, even if the results aren't there. And even going back to the Red Sox series, uh, they lost nine to or eight to seven and seven to three in those final two games. So yes, it's not perfect. There are still, I think, reasons to be optimistic about this team. Now, there are obviously things that I didn't agree with. And Mark, you and I talked about this after the first game in the series. Charlie Montoyo asking Santiago Espinal to bunt in an extra inning situation. I completely disagreed with. I don't disagree with the bunt as a concept, but in the situation where you have runners on less than two outs. <coughs> also me. with with two strikes on Espinal. Yeah, I was going to say that. Also with two strikes, I don't know. I don't know how you can even justify a bunt considering that I saw a stat saying the Blue Jays have actually been unsuccessful in or only successful in a quarter of the bunts that they've actually done and it's not very good so that I don't agree with but there's still reasons I think outside of this that the team is doing well they're obviously scoring runs you saw Simeon almost hit for the cycle Ross Stripling was fantastic in that third game Uh, you saw Jordan Romano actually hit 100 miles an hour in the game yesterday and I mean, obviously, we we should mention Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He had a fantastic series with two games in that last game. So, like, there are... I think this kind of reminds me of earlier in the season when I said that there are individual performances that are obviously people are doing well, but it's not clicking together for a full team performance. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Yes, there have been four or five blown games in a row, but... There are also some things that haven't been going their way. We see Santiago Espinal with a few errors in yesterday's game and a few errors in the series. So just overall, it's been a messy series for them. Yes, injuries, I think, are really catching up to them. A lot of the guys that they have been using, you look at Joel Payamps, uh, Jeremy Beasley's been used quite a bit, Tim Meza. They're being used a lot, and they're starting to not do as well. They're starting to allow some more runs, and... That's just kind of where I'm at. I think we do need to be a little bit patient. We need to say, okay, the Tampa Bay Rays, going back to last season, were they were a World Series contender. They were in the World Series. They've been a great team for the past couple seasons. I don't think that the like. I think the the Blue Jays, yes, they collapsed and they kind of beat themselves up, but they also got beat by a clearly better team. Now, I mean, it doesn't get any easier. Now they're against the New York Yankees and they're against Cleveland uh, for three games after that two games against Miami and then three games against Houston for, I guess, the next week or two. So it doesn't necessarily get too much easier, but I think the team will rebound. I still do think that the Blue Jays are a good team. And when you're a good team, you got to beat the other good team. So let's hope with Thomas Hatch, with Alec Manoa, maybe Nate Pearson's up soon. I know Ryan Barucki, I think, is back. they got Anthony Castro back. Maybe George Springer comes back first week of June. So... There's reasons to be optimistic, and I've said that maybe four times now, but there are there are things with this team that are going to get better. I think it just needs time. There have been many things that I disagree with on the managerial side of things, but that's not necessarily on the players. There's only so much that Santiago Espinal can do when he's told, hey, no, you have to bunt, and as Charlie said, we're only playing for one run. Highly disagree with that, but that's not on Santiago Espinal. You can't say that that's not his fault at all, so... That's just kind of where I'm at. I'm being patient. Yes, it's unfortunate and it's it's awful to watch you get swept by a division rival, but every to everybody listening, it'll get better. Just relax. This is game, I think, 40, 
six or something like that. There's still over a hundred games left, still four months left. So they're the ship's going to turn around. That that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, they're only they're what just over a quarter of the way through the the season so yeah, far. But games in. and first of all, before I even get started, like how are we not past the fire Shapiro and Atkins? Like are are we like like we're not in 2017 anymore where that can be the excuse for every single game? Like whoever like give your head a shake, whoever that is. Like it's pure idiosity from whoever's saying that. Like I'm I'm actually so tired of that hearing that now and but anyways uh starting from the first game of the series it's just you're coming off obviously the boston game so the final game from boston you're heading in friday new series everyone's feeling okay here we go right and uh it just didn't go too well (laughs) it just i mean i'm gonna be as nice as possible didn't go too well it sucked and for that opening game i don't blame charlie montoya at all for the opening game i was like back-to-back innings or from the extra innings from the 11th and 12th inning or even the 10th inning there was runners on there was one inning where the bases were loaded there was uh previous inning there was runners on the corners the Jays had that opportunity to get one run in and that's the part of the extra innings rule where you look at it is the home team actually has the advantage because when you're the away team you're obviously trying to cash in on as many runs as you can and you're not really thinking about okay just you're just playing for the one run get everybody in as as much as possible and then when you're the home team, you can kind of sit back and evaluate. And in the Jays' case, all they needed was one run. They they were just playing for one run. And that's why it's so frustrating how they couldn't get one run in back-to-back innings. And unfortunately, if you're going to keep giving the Rays opportunities to do so, especially a team that's hot, what do they want, 11 in a row now? I believe that's what it is. And that's the other thing people are failing to realize. And Mark, you mentioned it in our group text yesterday, so I'll give credit to you for that, is they are the hottest or I think they are the hottest team in baseball uh, throughout the entire league. So that's why it's it was just it, nothing worked out. Like anything possible just didn't work out. And when you want to talk about the Espinal situation, I can understand why he was sent to bunt. I'm not saying I, well, at first I was kind of okay with it, but the fact that he was still bunting on two strikes, yes, I also disagree with that. But the thing too is, I just, I don't know what it is with this team. Even going back to years prior, it just feels like they can never get a bunt down when asked. And I know, you know, part of that is maybe not on Espinal, but the other part, it kind of is because he couldn't lay the bunt down. It just feels um, like they they have so much trouble bunting. I, I don't know why, but I don't know if they even were. I, I just, I don't, I don't even know anymore. But either way, I kind of understood this, the, I guess, the situation or why they, they did that. But the fact that you're doing that for two innings, or not, sorry, two innings, for two strikes, that's where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then, of course, he fouled out. And we all know the rule with that. When you have two strikes and you hit, you bunt foul. And that was uh, toast. And then when you want to look at the second game, I guess on the Saturday, the second game was just kind of a area of missed opportunity. They only scored one run. They lost 3-1. to one, And, it, the you know, Robbie Ray, on the other hand, for the starters, obviously did really well. Seven innings, five hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts. So that wasn't the concern there. But the Jays were just getting shut down by McClanahan. McClanahan. I'll just say it like quickly like that. He had a decent outing, and the Rays' bullpen was pretty much perfect. And when you want to compare things, the Jays' bullpen this series was the opposite of how Tampa performed. So going deep into the games, that's how the Rays were pretty much capitalizing on their opportunities and winning because their bullpen was obviously outperforming the Blue Jays' one. Now, is the Rays' one probably in better condition and better health? Obviously, yes, because they're the hottest team in baseball, and they probably be, aren't being as used as much as the Jays are. And if they are, it's very short. We know the strategic moves uh, Kevin Cash likes to make. It's not like they're being told to pitch 
multiple innings every single day. They're kind of doing short appearances, and that's how they kind of run things based off their current strategy. Now, the game on the Sunday, 6-4, to four, uh, pretty much another good start from Hunjin Ryu, 6 and 2 thirds, 2 earned runs, 7 strikeouts. And then, of course, the debacle came when you entered late in the innings, and it started with uh, pretty much followed by a good appearance from Rafael Dolis early, Tyler Chatwood, and, and then uh, Travis Bergen came in, and we all know they lost it late there again. So there's another game that you could have potentially won where you give up four runs in the ninth to the Rays. In the inning prior, you're feeling good. The Jays have a two-run eighth inning. They pull ahead. They're leading. They are leading again. And they, that's another win where you look at and just nothing nothing worked out for them this weekend. And then yesterday, the game yesterday I want to get into because I completely disagree with the decision to start uh, Trent Thornton. You know, I, for obviously Ross Stripling for the entire season hasn't pitched well. But when you want to look at his performance yesterday, there's no reason to believe why the first inning would have been anything different than what he did. He did seven shutout innings out of the bullpen. Seven. Two hits, two walks, seven strikeouts. I know he's been working on a, kind of a new delivery or tweaking things with Pete Walker. Clearly, whatever the heck he did worked. But I don't understand why you're... you're I don't understand, and this is, goes back to the opener. Why are you overthinking it? And why are you not just rolling with your starting pitcher? If you don't like Ross Stripling as your starting pitcher, that's fine. But why are you making the decision on game day and why are you only sending him out for one in? Well, I completely disagree with it. Go ahead. I'm, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. You look back at his last start against the Red Sox, he gave up five runs in the first inning. That was it against the top Thornton, of the lineup. So It shouldn't be Trent Thornton. Why not? Trent Thornton was fantastic out of the bullpen. I just, the he, opener. He had I don't a like 2.7 ERA out of the bullpen. To me, in theory, it works perfectly. Obviously didn't work in in practice like that's just a fact but in theory Trent Thornton 2.7 ERA out of the bullpen Ross Stripling his last start he gave up five runs in the first inning against the top of the lineup you roll out Trent Thornton for the first inning or two get him those at-bats against the the top of the lineup you bring in Ross Stripling after he faces you know five uh, the fifth spot in the lineup onwards he gets comfortable with those guys he settles in hopefully he can do what he did in his last start after the first inning. To me, in theory, it's fine. I like it. Obviously, it didn't work out, but I don't disagree with the decision to do it in the first place. Yeah, like I'm on the completely different ends of it. I just I don't understand why you're making this decision on game day. And if it's Trent Thornton, it shouldn't have been Trent. It should have been it should have been Ross Stripling. Uh, I, I just and if you're not comfortable with Ross Stripling, then he shouldn't be starting to begin with. That's why I disagreed with it from right from the get go. And before once again, before the Jays grab a bat, they're down five nothing. So right away, you're in a hole, and the Jays kind of managed to get their way back into it. And of course, when extra innings, it completely unraved or unraveled for them uh, throughout the bullpen with Castro, Pams, Meza. But that goes back to Jacob's point of how they're being overused. But I've said it going back to the winter, and you guys know this, which is why it shouldn't be it shouldn't come to a shock to you guys. You know, we have less than a minute. Is I disagree with the opener. I I think it's a completely overthought strategy that is a, it works sometimes, but a lot of it it doesn't work out. And you're taking a chance like that in the first inning, going down five nothing. I disagree with it completely. Okay, so see, like the thing with the opener is, I do think hindsight is a little twenty twenty on that, and in that. I think Trent Thornton was better than his numbers show. The umpire got two calls wrong, and I'm going to say that basically every single time we bring this up. Trent Thornton should have been out of that inning twice. There was another error in the inning that should have ended it. So, yes, at the end of the day, Trent Thornton wasn't as good as he needed to be, but it wasn't necessarily on him. And now with Ross Stripling, 
I thought, I'll be honest, I thought he was done in the rotation once guys started to get healthy. I thought he was going to be in the bullpen, but I, I don't know. I think you could have given him a start. He was fantastic yesterday, and I, the thought did come in my mind what would have happened if he did start and he pitched maybe the first until the seventh inning instead of the second to the eighth inning, but I don't know. I I think if he was scheduled to start, then then switching him to be an opener or Trent Thornton to be an opener and him come out at 10 in the morning is not the right move. If you're going to do that, you do it the day before or the night before at the absolute latest. So I'm not, obviously I'm frustrated with the result of the game, but it's not necessarily that I'm thinking it, it should have been Trent Thornton at the start or anything like that. I think if you're going to have a game plan, stick with it. If you want Trent Thornton to open in open or to be a starter or or Ross Stripling be a starter, stick with that. But don't do any of this where one guy starts until uh, two hours before first pitch or three hours. Just go with what you have, and it just it, they didn't do that, and unfortunately, it didn't work for the Blue Jays. They were down down by over five or by five before they even came up to bat. They came back. I guess that's a positive, but the opener just. It didn't work out for them, and when I think of the opener in general, I don't hate it as a concept. I'm not sure. Like I'm trying to be open to it and really see if I'm trying to weigh the pros and cons of it. And and I think that it does have some pros. It gives you, I guess, more flexibility with your bullpen. You can have maybe a, a bit of a bigger bullpen, and you can have a lot of long inning guys. But I'm not sure. I also do like a stereotypical five inning or five-man, six-plus inning starting rotation, and it's just, it's clear that the Blue Jays aren't using that, and I just, I don't like some of the things that they've done, but yesterday, I, the only thing that I would have done differently yesterday is not have a a change in the starting pitcher two hours before first pitch. If you're going to have an opener, sure, whatever, but have that be known going into the game, or going into the day, not necessarily right before the game. Well, from, like, we don't know when this decision was made. Who knows? It might have been, you know, five days before, uh, after his last start, the Blue Jays told Ross Stripling, look, you're going to have an opener in front of you. And they just didn't announce it because that gives them a strategic advantage. Maybe I'm, you know, pulling at straws a little bit here. I'm trying to, to find something in there. And, you know, maybe the Blue Jays should have made this decision earlier. But bottom line, I think it works in theory. Didn't work in practice. We can't blame the Blue Jays for the fact that well, we can blame the players on the field, but we can't blame management for the fact that they made an error, that he got squeezed by the umpires. He would have been out of that inning, and the Blue Jays would have won that game if it weren't for those two things. So I I don't disagree with this move at all. I know a lot of people disagree with other stuff from Montoyo, and let's move to that because a lot of people are calling for Montoyo to be fired. The pitchforks are out for him after the bunt decision after you know the opener decision which I don't know how much that was actually him um but then you look at the bullpen management some people are upset with that how upset are you do you think we should be watching whether he will be fired or not do you think he should be fired or at least be on the hot seat what are your thoughts I think we need to see what the team is like when it's healthy because yes there are things that I disagree with and that bunt I absolutely hated but there's uh, at the end of the day, there's only so many things you can do when your bullpen is collapsing and there's only so much or, or so many options that you have. And so that's why 
I don't have the pitchfork out. I'll keep that in my closet. I, I don't think Charlie Montoyo's. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Not uh, not this season, at least. Maybe at the end of the season, if things don't go well, you can reevaluate. But I feel like changing your manager right now is just not the right decision. And I mean, also, he's been the guy that's he's watched a lot of these players really develop into major league hitters or major league players in general. And I don't think that the best idea is to say, oh, the first at the first sign of adversity, the team's not doing well. We're going to get rid of the manager. Because what, what does that say about their trust in not only the manager, but the players to to interact with the manager? So I think the best thing is to keep Montoyo. I think for the end of this season or till the end of this season, I don't think he's going anywhere. If the decision or if the decisions he's making are still very questionable, then you can argue, okay, are we going to move on from him? But uh, I don't think that's likely. I feel like if you're going to invest in a manager, you're not going to get, I think this is his third year with the Blue Jays. You're not going to get three seasons out of him and just say, okay, well, there were times where it didn't work. So you're, you're done. I think that's a, not, not a very smart decision. And also for the players, wh- like, how are you just supposed to readjust to new managers every couple seasons? I, I, that's not the, the best decision. So I understand the frustrations, and we've all been pretty critical of Charlie Montoyo and his decisions in the past. Every time we say this, we say that it's it's not all him. There are obviously people behind the scenes making the decisions. So if you truly want to get angry at Charlie Montoyo, you also need to get mad at the other people involved in those decisions but I think we just need to wait a minute step back and say okay how or or how much longer are we willing to to give him in terms of this leash is he I think he has till the end of the season but if this year it doesn't go well do you say okay next season he's on the hot seat I don't I think I'm getting a little too ahead of myself but basically the point is I don't think he's going anywhere and the people that think he is well it's just it's 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 inaccurate he's not going anywhere he works with this team yes the decisions he makes are questionable but I feel like that's something that's easier to fix by talking to him and talking with the high performance department and all that than it is to just get a new manager because that's that seems like a much more uh, much larger of an investment both financially time and just everything that just seems way too more way way much more difficult as it's just it's not the right decision yeah, no, it's he's not going anywhere. I, I would be very shocked if he's gone next year too. They recently picked up his club option in the spring, and that gives me no reason to believe that he's going anywhere. And this is their guy in terms of uh, Atkins and Shapiro. I I don't know who you replaced him for either. And obviously, throughout these losses, everybody needs to focus on other things. It's it's just been an entire week where it's been the worst case scenario like we mentioned at the beginning of the uh this episode they're now back at 500 they're back and fourth or fourth in the AL East or five and a half games back now and all all hell is breaking loose right now I mean there's a few times yes where I've disagreed we go back to the last week and of course it kind of continues to this week and um but there's also situations where I don't blame him and that goes back to the game on Friday where they had multiple opportunities in the extra in or in extra innings to win it bases loaded and not or not and they they couldn't do it. They couldn't bring in one run. So I don't know how you blame Charlie Montoyo for that. Of course, the only thing you can pick out, which was the bent, the bunt from Santiago Espinal that you guys were talking about, um, even though, again, I'll say it again, I don't disagree with the decision for him to try it until it got to two strikes. I think from two strikes, I just feel like he was just pretty much wasting the out. And clearly Espinal didn't seem comfortable bunting to begin with. 
why continue to do that and take the risk of being fouled out, which happened. There's another problem where I was, I just don't understand it. And then, of course, throughout the weekend, you know, I don't really know how much he can do in terms of the game on the... I'm not even going to talk about Saturday because Saturday was 3-1 to one and they just couldn't get going offensively and they didn't really have that chance like they did on Sunday and Monday from yesterday. So on the Sunday game, uh, when they gave up or when pretty much when Tampa put four runs up in the ninth, I, I don't understand what he could have done differently with a depleted bullpen who's injured. He already went through Dolis the inning before, which is fine. Uh, Chatwood and Bergen didn't settle for the save at all and we know what happened from that so that didn't work out and I don't I don't know like do you want Charlie Montoya to put on a glove and start pitching like I, I don't understand how you blame him for that with a bullpen that's being overworked every day and then the only thing I'll pick out from yesterday again agree or disagree is that the opener strategy I just think it's an overlooked and overthought strategy where it doesn't work out and you're taking chances and really, when you look at it now, there's so many times where you look at it and say, okay, well, on paper, the matchup looked good. Bottom of the order this, bottom of the order that. Less time through the rotation this, or less at-bats against these guys. Ross Stripling is the bulk man, this and that. Every time it feels like where they've done that situation this year, it turns out to be the worst-case scenario. I don't know if it's bad luck. I don't know if it's him misjudging things. But clearly, it's not working. It's not. I mean, I, when you look away from, and we go back to our conversation last week, it didn't work in terms of this uh, the scenario to bring in Dolis uh, for the bottom of the order. And then yesterday, where, or, where I disagree, and obviously, Mark, you disagree with me, is that it's just it's just an overthought thing, and I don't understand the point of it. I mean, it, when you, I know on paper, you're looking at this and that, where you're like, okay, it looks good if everything works out. But nothing's worked out when you say that. Every time this happens, it turns out to go the worst way possible. And I don't know why. And maybe it all is a stretch of bad luck. Maybe I'm overreacting and it's a, stre- a stretch of bad luck. It could be. And if it is, it's it's really bad luck. Because it just feels like we've been through this time and time again. And it could have easily been avoided if you just start Ross Stripling. And again, with Trent Thornton, you mentioned how good he has been out of the bullpen. We know how good he's been out of the bullpen. He's got a 270 ERA. You're just wasting him like that for one inning. I'm not saying, and obviously he is the bulk man in this bullpen. So depending on how Ross Stripling did, maybe he doesn't pitch yesterday. But in the in the situation where Ross Stripling does struggle, what happens then? And and Trent Thornton's not there. I, I just I don't like how everything is pretty much handled right now in terms of the opener. And I don't think they should be going back to it. It just hasn't worked out. And I mean, there's times it has, but realistically, it just, it feels like it doesn't work out more times than it does. So Alec Manoa coming up, maybe that changes them now, or they're thinking, maybe that gives them more opportunities and more options. And like I said, with Nick Pearson coming up, now you move Ross Stripling into the bullpen and there's another bulk guy. That can help Trent Thornton. That can help guys like Anthony Castro or even though he just got back from injury. But I can center this around Joel Payamps, Tim Meza, Tyler Chatwood, Rafael Dolis. Maybe that helps the workload with these guys. That Stripling and Thornton can be those bulkmen out of the um I get or out of the bullpen. So that's why uh it's it's just a lot of things crumbling down right now. The injuries, we all know that. It it definitely is a factor. And the the one thing that we're forgetting is they're still doing this, all of this, without their George Springer. And we're still waiting on him. I still don't think he's coming back at least until mid-June because we haven't heard anything about a rehab assignment. We know that it will be heading towards that direction when he's ready. We know he's traveling with the team. We know he's doing running progression. But it just feels like we are still in the early stages of his recovery. And at this time around, the Jays are not going to rush him back because clearly he wasn't healthy when he came back for this. I think it was just three or four games. But he hasn't even started a rehab assignment yet. So 
Once George Springer comes back, that obviously will help things because realistically, too, the bottom of the order um, has just been very underwhelming. And I know there's not much you can do with the injuries because Espinal, Davis, Maguire, and if it's not Maguire, it's usually Jansen. It's just sometimes that bottom of the order is lacking. And I think there's a situation yesterday where I remember it was Gritchick and maybe it was Hernandez. Back-to-back singles, they had runners on first and second with one out. And Davis swung on the first pitch, flied out, and then... Uh, I think it was Maguire who popped out as well. Opportunity gone to cash and runs. Even though the Jays put up eight yesterday, that's just something that I'm nitpicking at. But either way, they need George Springer back more than they th- or more than we anticipated going back to a month prior. They're really missing these guys. So hopefully, when the injuries stop, and because of course it it technically didn't stop because we lost Kevin Biggio for ten days. I know it's kind of one injury, so it's t- still technically a win because usually you see multiple guys go down. But Kevin Biggio going out. Doesn't help as much as he hasn't been hitting the ball the greatest, and now he's got to sit for another 10 days and try and get going again. And for the people going back to last week, too, who want Espinal to play more, well, guess what? Now he's got his opportunity, and it's up to him now. But either way, it was just a bad series overall. And of course, everyone's overreacting. Of course, people can be upset. But Mark, you said it. This team is still a ball. It's still a good ball club. It just doesn't have the pitching it needs right now. And you know how much is it on them? I don't know. Injuries and there's a lot of there's a lot of factors. We can't forget um, what disadvantage they have compared to everybody else. Is first of all they're not even playing at home. Like there's so much going on right now. And when you look at it, one more thing that pisses me off about the Rays is that they can't sell out games at Tropicana Field, but it's okay for them to invade TD Ballpark all weekend. And it feels like you're playing a road game in Dunedin, and that's hard on the players because all all year it's been like that. And the Jays really haven't had a home game. I, I can guarantee you Buffalo will be better. I know Buffalo also increased the capacity a couple days ago. Maybe this move to Buffalo is going to help them. Maybe it'll help more than we think. And we can't forget, the Jays played well in Buffalo last year. And somebody that comes to the top of my mind that hit really well in Buffalo alone was Rowdy Telez. I'm just saying this move to Buffalo may be a lot better than what people think. It may be under the radar that could boost them. But Dunedin wasn't just, it just the atmosphere, everything about it. There's so much going into this year where it's just been against the Blue Jays. And that's why I'm still on board, Mark. I don't. I know people are jumping ship already, which is crazy. And the best part is you'll see them all trying to come back in a couple of weeks when they go on a hot streak because they will heat up. And we all know they will. And this road, this road trip alone, if you take a two out of three against New York and you split something with Cleveland, all of a sudden you're a few games above 500 again. And all of a sudden you're within three games of the division. Well, they still are 500 though. Like, obviously... I they mean, were... like above 500, yeah. No, no, but what I mean is at least... At least they're still in a relatively good situation. I mean, yeah, they were six games over, and now they're not. They're five hundred as it is. They're breaking even, but at least like this isn't a good situation to be in. But if I had to pick a bad situation, I would pick this one. And there's just there's only so much that you can do when, as you said, Marcus Simeon, he came out actually. I think he said something or somebody tweeted something saying that he went out and said that. The Blue Jays really, they don't feel like they're ever at home anymore because it, there's always more away fans than there are Blue and, Jay fans. And Montoyo said something similar, I think, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so it's hard on the players. It's like, a tough yeah. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that ha- most or a lot of their key players are have been out or are still out. So there's only so much you can do with these awful circumstances. Yes, I think the team is, it's going to get better and it, it should be better, but. We will see, and hopefully they can turn things around against uh, against New York, Cleveland. They get two games against Miami. I guess that's a a plus, but you know we'll we'll see where that goes. And it's a tough schedule ahead, but I, I still think that the team will 
rebound, especially going into Buffalo, which I'm not sure when their first game in Buffalo is, but that should be yeah, should be that a good Miami turnaround game. for them. Oh, it is. Oh, well, yeah. That that should hopefully there's a a, a sweep for them there. But yeah, it, it'll turn around. That that I'm confident in. Although unfortunately, Miami isn't as easy to roll over as they have been in the past. They've got some really good young pitching. I don't know if the Blue Jays will be facing Sixto Sanchez in that series, but he's one of the young studs they have. And maybe as we talk about the trade deadline, maybe a team to. Uh, target in terms of young pitching to acquire but anyways um yeah on Montoya like I don't blame him because he doesn't have the tools available to him to make things work like people are like why are you bringing out Jeremy Beasley why are you bringing out Joel Piamps like why are you using these guys in these situations Travis Bergen like he's not a guy who should be in a high leverage situation why are you using him here it's because he has no one else to go to he doesn't have the tools to use like they mentioned this on the spin rate podcast from the athletic like Compare this to Buck and Tabby having to simulcast on radio and TV. They're great broadcasters. You know, you can disagree with some things they do, especially Tabby says some stupid things sometimes, but they're good broadcasters. But when you force them to do a job they're not comfortable with, like simulcasting on TV and radio, they do a bad job. Like if anyone's tried to listen to the radio this year, it's been horrible. It's hard to listen to because you have no idea what's happening. And that's just because they've been forced into this position that doesn't work for him. It's the same thing with the Blue Jays. They've had so many injuries. They never had much depth at pitching to begin with. And all of a sudden, you're forcing Charlie Montoyo to use these guys in ways they shouldn't be used. You you, you shouldn't have to use Travis Bergen in a 4-3 game in the ninth inning to get out of a jam that Tyler Chatwood created. You shouldn't have to use him in that situation. You shouldn't be relying on guys like in Monday's game. You shouldn't be relying on Anthony Castro, a Rule 5 draft pick, to get you out of a jam in the 10th inning, in the 11th inning. That's not how these guys should be used. It's just out of necessity that they're being used in these situations. So I don't blame Charlie Montoyo for this. If we have to blame anyone, I guess it's Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro, but I don't even blame them too much. Like they, this team should have done better in the offseason to build depth at pitching, but they didn't. They decided to build depth elsewhere, and that's fine. But we're reaping the the punishments for it now. So I don't blame Charlie Montoya because of that, and especially because of the injuries that they've had to to go through to Ryan Barucki. We've talked about it. Julian Merriweather, Anthony Castro before, Tommy Malone. All these guys, Thomas Hatch, who are on the injured list, that would help the Blue Jays significantly, they aren't. They can't be used right now. So that's why I don't blame Charlie Montoya. He's just using the tools he has available to him, and it's not working out. And the last thing, too, quickly, if Jacob, if you want to add anything, you know, it's, it's easy for them or fans to nitpick and say, this guy should have been in, this guy, but... What if that guy, and I just, I guess I'll use Romano as an example, what if he threw 30 pitches the day before? A lot of people don't understand how difficult it could be sometimes to manage a bullpen. And that's where I agree with you, Mark, is the bullpen management sometimes, or most of the time for me, besides a few other things, is like, who else do you want in? Like, like Joel Pams, for example, that extra innings game on Friday when he came out for multiple innings, who nobody else was like, who else are you going to use? I mean, Dolis pitched the day before, obviously, right? So you don't want to overwork him. Who do you want to use in late in the game? Because I, I don't know, especially when people are throwing 30 pitches the day before and you want them to burn out even more. Like there's just no other options, unfortunately. And and that's why things may lead to a trade, but I still think we're kind of early for that. But I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think we're kind of all expecting something to happen. But either way, that's where I'm like, you, you can't really fault them for doing what they are because you're not going to burn your 
these guys that are pitching 30 pitches and Joel Pamps realistically was available and was the only guy available who was free to work a few innings. And he went out for a few innings as you guys um, saw on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And I feel like no matter who the Blue Jays put in, we're still going to have to deal with these people that complain. Like if it's not Joel Pamps, it'll be why is Tim Mesa pitching in in this situation? Or if it is him, then it's going to be why was Trent Thornton not pitching in this situation? So I... It's tough because there are moves that I do legitimately disagree with, but there's also moves that I understand have to happen or had to happen for a certain reason. So that's why I'm not like, obviously I'm vocal about a disagreement that I have with the management, but there's only so much of a disagreement I can have considering they obviously know more than me being with it, with the team every day. So that's where I'm at. Like the the bullpen, especially with, like I said, people are going to probably complain either way, unless the results are, are there. And it's just there's when the results aren't there, it's tough, primarily because there's not much that that Charlie Montoyo can use. Like, I think we talked about it, Mark, on that one game, uh, the the stream after the game. Somebody, I think, asked who should have been in this situation or pitching in this situation. And I think both of us were at a bit of a loss because it's it, we were just like, I, I don't know, because there, there's just no other options or no, the option that injured. we did pick. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, and the options that we did pick either pitched that day or pitched yesterday so it's just it's tough it it obviously it sucks and everyone wants to point fingers when the team's not winning but there's only so much you can do when you're seriously injured and there's just there's not the guys that you want available yeah exactly and just a little correction anthony castro was a waiver claim not a rule five draft pick the point still stands the blue jays got scraps in terms of pie amps in terms of castro's waiver claims and they're making do with what they have Hasn't worked out the past few days, but you can't blame Charlie Montoya for not having the tools available to him to win. So, um, okay. So, rough weekend. Hopefully, moving into this series in the Bronx goes a little bit better. We can come back talking on Thursday or Friday about a series win. That would be the best case scenario, or at least a losing streak that has been snapped. Um, Until then... You can support our podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash section138pod. You can also rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just helps spread the word about what we're doing here. Um, You can follow us on social media, at section138pod. You can stay up to date with what we're doing. You would have known that Jacob and I were doing a live stream after that brutal loss on Friday, so you could have tuned in for that. So make sure to pay attention to everything we're doing. But until then, we'll be back next time. After the series in the Bronx, we'll chat that.